they, the reason I actually literally called them back was they said a mutual friend recommended that we talk to you. And they couldn't remember, this is crazy, couldn't remember the mutual friend to tell ah. me the name because I said, well, who is it? And they just couldn't remember the name. They described her, it was a her. And, and I, to this day, don't know who that mutual friend is, but had that mutual friend that knew one of the producers and knew me, had not collaborated when the producer said, yeah, here's what we're working on now, blah, 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 just kind of throwing it out. And the person said, oh, my friend James Malinchak would be perfect for this show. You ought to call him. And they said, well, who's James Malinchak? And the friend explained, and then they did research, and then they reached out and said, hey, a mutual friend said to give you a call. Had that not happened, that little collaboration piece in the middle, then I would have never been on that show. Hey, it's Chuck here, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode. And I just want to take this quick moment right now to let you know about our free collaborators toolkit. And this episode is all about partnership and collaboration. And our guests share many resources, tools, and things that you can use to make collaboration and partnership easier in your business. So if you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, this free Collaborators Toolkit is going to contain the best resources from our workshops as well as contributions from our guests. And these tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for, and they're going to help you to solve everyday business challenges and access highly effective ideas that can help and grow your business exponentially. I know they've helped me and I know they're gonna help you as well. And the best part about these tools is that they're completely free. And our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to the show. So you can get access to all of the resources contained inside the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting the website at www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Go ahead and register today, get access to all the resources, and I'm going to see you on the inside. Now, here's the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Chuck Anderson here. This is the Creative Collaboration Show, and I am so excited today because I have with me a superstar guest. I have Mr. James Malinchak with me, and this is a guy you can learn so, so much from. I remember seeing him on stage back in 2004 and uh, have been following him ever since. He's a coach, he's an author, and he's a speaker trainer. In fact, one of the premier speaker trainers in America or the world. And James, I'm going to let you tell your story. But James, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Hey, Chuck. Good to see you. And thanks for remembering me from all those years ago. <laughs> I think you were the guy that threw something at me in the audience, if I remember. That that sounds like me. That sounds like me, right? Uh, yeah. that, that heckler, just to make sure that everybody, those paid speakers up there are earning their money. And yeah, <laughs> so, no, it's good to be with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. And I'm, you know, I, again, so excited because I know that our listeners are going to learn so, so much from what you have to share. And uh, we're going to really pack it in here uh, in a really short period of time. But, you know, James, obviously a really, really great place to start is, you know, let, let 
tell your story. I'll let you tell your story rather than me tell your story. You know, tell the folks who you are, where you came from and what you do. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I grew up in a tiny steel mill town in the uh, U.S. Uh, called Manesson, which was about 30 miles away from Pittsburgh. We didn't have much growing up. Mom was a lunch mother at the school serving lunches to us kids and dad was a steel worker. So I accepted a basketball scholarship out of high school to play college basketball at the uh, University of Cincinnati. And then my coach got relieved of his duties, which is a very kind way of saying he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and so I transferred and went and played out in Hawaii. I know, I know. I majored in surfing and basket weaving and all that kind of, I heard all the jokes. <laughs> right? But what happened was first game of the season, I caught a pass and tore my knee up and I was done. So my aspirations of playing pro basketball were just, you know, gone that fast. And so after graduation, moved to Los Angeles, started my career as a stockbroker, worked for a major Wall Street investment firm, which is kind of a plan B. It's what I always wanted to do if, if the pro basketball career didn't work out and uh, made uh, some really good headway in my first year. My rookie year, I got over 200 accounts I opened, was named most outstanding performance out of my training class out of 200 some folks from around the world and one day Chuck my phone rang and it was it was a man on the other line and he said hey my son works uh, there in your office and uh, he said you did some really good stuff I'd like you to come and speak to my employees and I said well hey thanks so much but I, I don't speak I'm a broker I'm a financial you know consultant and he said well look I only need you to talk for like about 40 minutes to my employees I said sir thank you but I don't speak and he said and I'll pay you five thousand dollars I said I speak <laughs> I speak I speak when do you want me <laughs> and uh, Chuck I went there I didn't know anything about speaking I just went there and told them what I did to build my business so fast and, you know, what, what I love about your show is, you know, I didn't do it through cold calling like they tell a lot of salespeople to do. I did it through collaboration, through building relationships and through relationships I have with guys that were now playing professional sports. And so uh, I thought on a scale of one to 10, when I did that talk, I was like a negative two. I thought I was horrible. And he said, man, that was really great information. I'm like, who were you watching? Because <laughs> I, I, I thought I was a terrible speaker. He said this. I'll never forget this. He said, oh, I'm not talking about speaking skills. I'm talking about the information you relayed and the story. I don't care about all that stuff. I care about the information and did it help my, my employees. And he said, matter of fact, I, I loved it so much. I'd like to book you for two more and I'll pay you five grand each one. And I was like, okay. So my first three talks, Chuck, got 15,000 bucks and I was blown away. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I love this. I don't know what it is, but I'm doing it. And Chuck, I got to tell you, I did the dumbest thing anybody could do. If anybody's listening or watching, don't do this. I went and quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> you had made it at that point, right? No, no, guess, no need for a job. Chuck, this is easy. Checks just fly in from <laughs> everywhere, you know? <laughs> and uh, long story short, I became so broken, financially destitute. I ran through my life savings that I was forced to work in a video store and I made $7 an hour and I ate top ramen noodles, pasta with big jars of spaghetti sauce diluted with water because that would make it last longer. And I did that for over three years. Mm. And, 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 it, and I didn't understand what I try to teach folks today that, look, you can have a message, you can want to help people, but there's, that's why my logo is a coin. There's a flip side to the coin. And the second side of the coin is you're running a business. And I didn't get that back then. And that's why I was, I was broke and, you know, ended up working in the video store. 
but to kind of put the cherry on top, when I started to realize I was running a business and I had to build this the same way I did anything else, my, my financial services career, I went on the next year and booked 40 talks. Eh, decent, not bad, right? But then the year after I booked 100 paid talks and never booked less than 100 paid talks once I got it, that it was also a business. And my busiest year was 157 locations. And some locations I might do two talks or six talks. So I probably did, I don't know, probably about 250. I probably got about 250 checks that year. So, and that's how it all happened. Wow, that's an amazing story. I love the origin story. So many parallels with my origin story. I've done the diluted tomato sauce thing. <laughs> and uh, I've also quit my job prematurely, all of that. Because I mean, entrepreneurship's the dream, right? And as soon as you get that big check, that first big check, it's like, wow, man, I made it. I never have to work again. And then you realize, <laughs> you might actually work harder than you actually did at your job, especially at first to pound the payment and get that business going. But well, the other thing I learned too, is that old line that's been passed around that quote, that cliche that's been passed around forever and perpetuated is a lie. Jump and the net will appear. I jumped, I quit my job and I crashed and smacked my face on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) well you and me both uh i think you turned out a little bit better than i did i've got the i've got the gray hair to prove it but uh you know i love the story and you know i think that's so inspirational for people and you know if you're listening in and you're in that first year and you're about to make that dumb mistake learn from both of us right learn from both of us don't do it Uh, remember to treat this like a business because it is a business it is a business it's and the money you know jump and the net will appear is probably the dumbest advice I was ever given. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You know, I'd rather have a strategic plan before I went and quit my job if I could do it over again. And that's what I try to teach people now. You know, if you strategically think through this and have a plan and well thought out, then you're going to do great at this. But if you just haphazardly jump, you know, you're going to crash. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now it's making those Brown. dumb mistakes that give us that perspective and give us that experience that we can then turn around and to the entrepreneurs coming behind us go, yeah. hey, look, you know, here's what you're going to hear. Here's what you're going to experience. Maybe we can make it a little bit easier for you, right? And yeah, so- 100%. That, that's why we're here. You know, the secret to living is giving and that's what we're doing here, collaborating to give back to your folks. And maybe we, uh, you know, I always say if we help one person, it was worth it. Everybody else's gravy, everybody else's, you know, whipped cream on the Sunday. If we can get one person, then we served our purpose today. Yeah. And if we can get two, we've just doubled our efforts. So there we there go. You go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of collaboration, right? This show is all about collaboration. And, and James, as you've mentioned, collaborations have been uh, a big part of your business. And, uh, you know, let's start with, well, we get to this, maybe some of the collaboration stories in a moment, but, you know, when was it in your business where you realized that you really couldn't do it all alone? Collaborating is, it was going to help you to do something faster, easier, better than you were able to be before. What, can you recall what that moment was where you became open to the idea and maybe tried it out? Yeah, I would actually go all the way back into high school is where I learned the foundation for it. Because uh, we won our first ever state basketball championship for a tiny little school. It's almost like the movie Hoosiers. If anybody remembers the old basketball Mm. movie Hoosiers, small little town, everybody laughed at, said there's no chance and playing against the big boys, so to speak, which we did. uh, and, And we beat them and we beat them all. And we won the state championship. And I was a pretty darn good player. Uh, I was a gym rat. I would do whatever I needed to do all summer long. 
you know, to, to get better. I would go to basketball camps. I would dribble all over town in the summer with my right hand, which was my strong hand tied behind my back, getting my left hand stronger. I would go play against guys who were better than me and so forth. So I, I was a pretty good player by the time I hit my senior year. But I realized something. My uh, coach took me aside. Coach Salvino took me aside and he said, look, you're a fantastic player. You can average 30 points. Yeah, I mean, you could win every award. He said, but we're not going to win a state championship that way. He said, we got really good players here with you and you've got to be a leader and you've got to understand that everybody has a role. And sometimes you need to take a step back and let somebody else do their role or shine so that we could take five or 10 steps forward. And that just, I got it. You know, it hit me for some reason. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so I didn't average 30 points. I averaged 21, which is still very good. But uh, the fact that I wasn't taking as many shots or the fact that the ball wasn't going to me every time. And I knew when the ball had to get inside to Michael Bright or when we had to get it inside to Chad Scott, or when I had to let my assisting guard, Ray Roskus, take a couple shots just so he had confidence. Like I learned that from coach that collaboration is the key to us winning. And we went on to win, like I said, our very first ever state championship. And as a side product a byproduct of it you know i was named first team all state i played in all the all-star games with all the big guys from all around the country i got 50 scholarship offers so because i focused on collaboration and getting everyone involved and us working as a unit and as a team versus i i always say there's no i and we right there's no <laughs> i and we and because of that we won and excelled and everybody was better for it so then get fast forward into you know, entrepreneurial business or speaking, if you will, you know, it was the same thing, you know, my, even to this day, I always joke, but I'm very serious. When I say I work for Cindy, my assistant, I work for Cindy. She doesn't work for me. See, that's elevating her. That's, that's saying, Hey, I appreciate what you do. I couldn't do this without you. That's collaboration at its best, even though it's just her and I, but even earlier, you know, when we had more folks work, you know, everybody had their role and I had to let them do their role. I had to let them collaborate with me and tell me things that might work for us to be better. And I couldn't just be a silo and say, well, look, I've done this and I've done that. So everybody listen to me. So last thing I'll say is this, there's a reason why pioneers are always found face down in the mud with arrows in their back. Cause they were out there being a silo on their own, wandering around. Right. And what I always say, you need to run with a pack. Birds of a feather flock together, wolves run in pack, animals travel in pack, pioneers are down in the mud with arrows in their back. Oh, absolutely. So, so true. So look, you, you learned about collaboration at a very young age, and yeah. then you go into business. Did you find that it was a naturally you just started collaborating with people when you built your business or did you, was there any resistance? Was, was there anything you needed to overcome in order now to apply those lessons to business and start collaborating as you built your business? Yeah. Uh, the latter, um, you know, it's really easy. It's, oh, it just comes natural. No, nothing comes natural to anybody. Nothing comes now. I used to do an event in Vegas with Michael Jordan, great basketball player, you know, and, and I was, you know, Hey, are you just naturally, uh, a skilled jumper, you naturally a, a shooter, you naturally a good defender. And he's like, no, I got, I have some God given talent where I can fly and hang a little bit longer than others, but I had to develop how to do that and shoot. That's a skill that's working with coaches. 
I had to develop how to shoot the ball the right way. That's a skill working with coaches, fingertips, hand cuff, elbow in, wrist, right? I had to work on learning the skill of how to not face my foot forward when I'm playing defense and turn it a half an inch because if I face it forward, they'll beat me on defense. If I turn it a half an inch, I could step and slide and cut them off. See, those were skills. So I always say, for me, collaboration is a skill that you consciously focus on. It just doesn't come natural. I don't believe that. There's two things I don't believe. One, oh, that just comes natural to her. That just comes natural to him. No, 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 no. If you, you don't see the behind the scenes stuff. I love what Muhammad Ali said. Champions are made in the gym, not the ring. So you don't see all the practice that went into making it look like it came natural to her or him, right? So that's, that's the very first thing. And the, uh, the second thing, about uh, collaboration that I think is important is nobody does it by themselves, right? And you have to have focused effort to get people involved. So the latter was for me. And here, here's the key, I think, to it, at least for me it was, is when you ask that question, did it just come natural? Because you had some success and could you now just do it in business? We all get the curse of knowledge. We all get the curse of experience. We all get the, the curse of, yeah, I've been doing this a while. I got it. Right. And so when I got into business, I could have very easily fallen into the curse of I've done this before. Right. I can succeed on my own. I can put people on my shoulders and take us to the top. I had to back up and say, all right, well, even though I may have, that's not the way we're going to win as a team here. I got to let others collaborate. I got to thank, be thankful for their ideas. I have to encourage their ideas. I have to listen to them. And most importantly, at the right time, I've got to make sure I use their ideas as well, because that builds them up and they feel strong. They feel um, willing to collaborate even more in the future versus if I shut their ideas down and only do what myself, the silo thinks, well, they're never going to collaborate again as a team. Well, that just makes so much sense. And of course, it, it, I love what you said. It doesn't come naturally. It's a skill that you had to develop. And that was certainly true for me. I mean, I had to work at it, work at it, work at it. You know, small farm boy from Southern Alberta, Canada. And, you know, what did I see my grandfather, my father do? Doing it all themselves, working hard. And so that's how I started my business. And it took a while to overcome it. So I love what you said. And I think I've seen so many others share that same obstacle it's a skill. You have to decide that you're going to do it, and then you have to develop the skill to do it. Oh, 100%. The other thing I want to mention, too, is I've never met a self-made person in my life. Mm. People say, oh, you're a self-made millionaire, James. I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I didn't do anything myself. I had a lot of people who helped me. You know, I had people who coaches, mentors, you know, family members, team members that work for me, work with us. I've had them all collaborate and share ideas and, hey, maybe you ought to look at it this way or maybe you should do this or maybe you shouldn't do that and back away. Right. So I don't understand that whole she's a self-made millionaire. He's a self-made entrepreneur. I don't get that because I'm not a self-made nothing. I've had a lot of people to help me and collaborated. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's what's so cool about your story, James, is that you 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 have a history of collaborations uh, to help grow your business and 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 also to make business sustainable. It's one thing to get those three speaking engagements and then turn that into 100 and turn that into 200. But then to still be doing it 20 plus years later. Right. That says something. It's sustainable. It's 
it's it's something that has some legs it 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 keeps on going and i think that's what's really really cool about it and so so you've obviously done some collaborating so yeah. um can you recall let's say either either the most creative or maybe the most impactful collaboration that you've you've done in your business where you know it either moved the needle or it was just one of those ideas that like man i never would have done that on my own had it not be for a collaboration Boy, that's that's a great question, and I'll actually I think I'll answer it by two two quick ones. One yeah. is the Secret Millionaire. When I was blessed to go on the show, I was just mm. talking to one of the producers um, probably about eight or nine days ago. I'm still in touch with them; they're still good friends. I text and we text and call each other all the time, and these are top producers, like folks that are like the most successful people in reality TV. And when they first approached me about being on the TV show, oh, I was talking to them eight or nine days ago, and they told me this. This blew my mind, Chuck, that now they estimate that we've been watched by 50 million plus people around the world in 100 some countries. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm a still Milltown kid. Like, what? That's crazy. Like, to think that maybe something we did help people, you know, all over the world, but it's crazy. I get, you know, messages on social media all the time from people in Ireland, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, you know, China. It's crazy. I could tell when it's airing in different places because I get bombarded with messages. But when they first approached me, I literally turned them down because they hid their identity. They never say like, it's a major network, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't want people just trying to get on TV to promote themselves. But they, the reason I actually literally called them back was they said a mutual friend recommended that we talk to you. And they couldn't remember, this is crazy, couldn't remember the mutual friend to tell ah. me the name because I said, well, who is it? And they just couldn't remember the name. They described her, it was a her. And, and I, to this day, don't know who that mutual friend is, but had that mutual friend that knew one of the producers and knew me had not collaborated when the producer said, yeah, here's what we're working on now, blah, 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 just kind of throwing it out. And the person said, oh, my friend James Malinchak would be perfect for this show. You ought to call him. And they said, well, who's James Malinchak? And the friend explained, and then they did research, and then they reached out and said, hey, a mutual friend said to give you a call. Had that not happened, that little collaboration piece in the middle, then I would have never been on that show. And to this day, I don't know who that person is to properly thank her. Isn't that crazy? Wow. You know, that is so cool. And, in, you know, such it's hard to predict exactly what the impact of that show was going to be at the time. It's now hindsight's 2020, so we can see what the impact of that show is going to be. But I think there's what I really hear in that, James, is it really speaks to your relationships because collaboration to, to, to collaborate with people, you really have to have relationships. You have to nurture your relationships. You have to, uh, to take really good care of your relationships. So even though you don't know who it was, the fact that you had a good relationship with that person and they thought, I'm going to put James's name forward for this, uh, I think yeah. that speaks a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. And to maybe give everybody a tip or an idea, um, I always teach this in my seminars, stop networking. People say, I got to go network. No, stop networking. Networking means pest working. (laughs) That means slamming people with your information and saying, hey, call me, or can I get your phone number? Or could I get this? And that tells, that sends up a signal to somebody that you don't really care about them when you do that. 
I just want your stuff, your contact info, because I think you can help me get something I want. So I say stop networking because that's pest working and start relationship working. You know, the way I look mm -hmm. at folks, Chuck, is, you know, my, you think about this, your family and your friends, the people who are closest to you, that you love and care about, you don't like think about networking with them. You think about serving them and helping them and making their life better. Mm -hmm. Right. So wouldn't that be something if we went around and looked at every business contact, if we looked at every person we meet at the grocery store or at the club, the tennis club or whatever, as a family member and a friend, you would stop networking immediately and you would say, man, I need to like invest in this relationship. I need to spend time with this person, talk to them, help them get to know them. We don't look at that when we're thinking of networking. So I always say stop networking. That equals pest working. You're a pest. And people are trying to swat your way, right? And start relationship working. That that is incredible. I love the way you put all of that. And you know, networking really is the, that short-term thinking. It's like I yeah. need something today. I need a client today. I need a business today. Whereas the relationship, that's an investment in the future. You don't know when you're going to be able to cash in on that, or ever. And it you, that's not why you do it. But just the fact yeah. that you treat people. Well, they, you know, that comes back to you and you don't even need to know how it comes back to you because it's just automatic. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I'd share two little ones. That was the first big collaboration thing that, that mm -hmm. really impacted. Second one is we're actually doing it right now. You know, again, you just never know. I, uh, I was teamed up with someone that was helping us with launching our stuff online and it just didn't work out. We just, we just didn't align properly, but through that, at the time, that person had a uh, partner, business partner, and that then they both came to my house. They were all they were both part of my coaching group, and uh, the one that I didn't know, who was the business partner, ended up becoming one of my dearest friends, and they actually ended up having a falling out. However, I'm so grateful for the first person, the one that I used to work with, who he and that person had a falling out, because. Had that person not brought the second person to my home, that second person and I today would not be friends. And long story short, I speak for them quite a bit, and they do these massive online challenges. I was just on one for them on uh, three days ago, and they had 20,000 people on. The two before that, they had 27,000 and 24,000. So from a business standpoint, I mean, they literally are blowing it up. They were the number one affiliate for Tony Robbins and uh, Dean Graciosi when they, they did their launch last year of their mastermind program online. They, they sold more than anyone. So my point is this. I had no idea that was ever going to happen. But because of the relationship I had with the first person, and we are still on good terms, it just didn't work out business-wise, right? Because you don't burn bridges, never know. I mean, and that person never did anything to me. So why would I be upset with him? They happened to have a falling out, but I ended up meeting this person through him, had no idea this person, what he did or anything. I just served him, tried to help him. There were times when he was going through tough times and I prayed for him, prayed for his family. And today we're dearest of friends and we're doing massive, massive business together. So amazing how sometimes collaboration works for you when you least expect it or you you're not even trying to make it work. You're just trying to serve and treat somebody as a family member. I love that. Treat them like family members. You're not even trying to make it work. And again, we're not trying to get something from somebody. We're trying to give something to someone. And with that, without that expectation of they must give us something back. 
Yeah. I think that that really talks about having the faith that you will you'll attract into your life what you need when you need it just by being a decent human. Right. Yeah. It's just it's just a good yeah. way to live. It's the way to live. You put a good you know, in the old days, we would say throw enough stuff against the wall. Some of it starts to stick. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you put it. I truly believe this. You put enough good out in the world. You help people with a servant's heart, not try to, like, do it for ulterior motives. Would we like something to come back? Yeah, that's natural. But if it doesn't, man, you can put your head down on the pillow at night knowing that in your heart, you did something good for somebody else. That's just a great way to live. That, that is, uh, that is, I mean, there's nothing really to add to that. It's just, it's just, to me, it's just how to be right. That's how to be. There you go. Absolutely. 100%. Love that. So, so obviously when people listen to this and they listen to us talk, they go, okay, great. You sold me. I'm going to do collaborations on my business. I I'm not going to work alone. I'm going to work with someone else. The natural next question that we get, James is, where do you find them? Where do you go looking for them? Now, we've already established that traditional networking is not the way we've, we, we've talked about relationship building. When you need, when you determine there's a piece of the puzzle missing, or there's, there's something in your business that you want, where do you go? Where do you look? What, what, what is it that you turn to, to find someone to collaborate with? Yeah. I mean, so with the, with the social media, the way it is today and with online, I mean, you can get to almost anybody. I've gotten to major celebrities, literally, because they all have websites and they all have offices. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've learned about a lot of, let's say, influential people. Let's just start there because if, if this works with influential or thought leader type people or celebrities, if you will, well, it can work for anybody. So let's start there because the misconception is, oh, well, okay, it might work in my community, but it couldn't work on a larger scale. Well, so I'll give you an example. I watched uh, in the U.S. here, you all, you all have Dragon's Den, right? We have Shark Tank. Yeah. Right? Uh, we also had uh, The Apprentice before Donald Trump became the president of the United States. He used to be on a TV show called The Apprentice. Well, I watched one of the episodes of Celebrity Apprentice. Actually, I watched the whole season, and I just really resonated with a person on there, um, Lisa Gibbons. Lisa is an Emmy award-winning TV host, been doing it for 40 years, interviewed everybody you can imagine from A-list celebrities to U.S. presidents, and she just led with kindness. She would literally never get involved in the backstabbing and the fighting and the gossip. She would just kind of clam up, and she would always do her business uh, ventures with kindness. And I thought that, and, and she even said that, I lead with kindness, which I thought was really amazing, right? Uh, she ended up winning Celebrity Apprentice. And I thought, man, she's such a good spirit. I love how she does it. I, I, I really want to connect with her. So I called up her office, which I found online. And there's a phone number. And I left a message. Now, here's how you get in with anybody, okay? You don't go after them wearing a bib <laughs> under your chin. And here's what I mean. When we come into this world as an infant, we get a bib placed under our chin, right? Because people are taking care of us. However, if you know anything about the subconscious mind, you know that that gets embedded like seeds get planted. That's the programming that starts running in your subconscious mind, which is this. People should be giving to me throughout life, which means I'm a taker. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if you don't change that programming, then that runs on your mind the rest of your life and you don't know why things don't work out for you. But here's the, here's what I always say. First part of all transformation is awareness. 
when you are aware, you can change something that fast. So now that I've made you aware of, hey, this, this crazy programming has been installed on our computer since we were born and we don't know why, it just, it just keeps running and we don't realize it. Well, guess what? We can cleanse that hard drive now and download a different software onto our computer. So what I say is now that you're aware of it, what I want you to metaphorically do, and I know those listening can't see this, but I have literally a bib under my chin right now. I'm taking it off. I want you to take that bib off from around your neck, drape it over your forearm as a napkin and pursue everything in life and people as if you are the uh, best server on the, in the finest dining establishment on the planet. And you always look and approach everybody, everybody from this day forward with what could I do for this person? I got to serve them in some way in the initial relationship contact and, and many after. So because I led with the napkin and not the bib, I called up Lisa's office and left a message and said, hi, I saw uh, Lisa win Celebrity Apprentice. I run events uh, in Los Angeles called Big Money Speaker Bootcamp, and I would love to pay Lisa a fee to come to my event and inspire her audience. Also, I know she has a book that's out. Um, I would love to talk about purchasing some of those books for my audience members. So should somebody, could somebody please give me a call back? Well, Chuck, how fast do you think it took for somebody to call me back? Like five minutes later, my phone's ringing. Why? Because I led with serving, something I can do for them. And it was actually her husband who called me back. And then I learned something when I got to know them and others is a lot of relatives are the people that run their office. Huh? Like my sister runs my office. Her husband ran her office. And I could go on and on and on of people who have relatives that are like their assistants or kind of run things for them. I learned that little technique after this happened. So long story short, we made a deal. I paid her a fee. I bought books. We treated her like royalty. We treated her husband like royalty. They were so blown away that I then uh, on the spot booked them for another one. And they came and six months later did it again. And then I said, hey, you know what? I'd love to teach my folks media and how to master media. So Lisa and I collaborated on a media training for my folks of which they made extremely good money because all my students bought the training. So now look at all this serving that I get just to try to help them. I said, hey, you know, you have a new book coming out. Well, I have a whole bunch of friends who have affiliate relationships. What if I got them to promote the book for you guys? Would that be helpful? I just kept looking for ways to lead with the napkin. Okay. Long story short, I mean, they literally will almost do anything for me now. And I don't, I didn't do it for that reason. I did it because I wanted to truly serve, help them, but also build a great relationship that we would collaborate and last a long time, a lifetime with. So the very first thing I always say is you can find, you find anybody and you can pretty much almost get in with anyone if you lead with looking for a way to serve them with the napkin, not going after them being a taker, but being a giver. So I find people online all the time and I'm like, well, what can I do to help them? You know, even like coming on this, this show, I, I, I told Michelle, our mutual friend, I said, hey, Michelle, you know, if they'll have me on a show, like if Chuck will have me on, then, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll interview him for my podcast and I'll go uh, give a five-star review on his podcast. And I'm happy to leave a comment. I'm happy to do a video testimonial for him, you know, for his book or for whatever he needs, you know, just, just let him know I'll do whatever I can to serve him. And if he's interested, maybe having me as a guest on the show. 
And so I'm always trying to lead with what can I do with the napkin, not the bib, to serve people. That I mean, that couldn't be well better said, really. I mean, we I mean, one of the things we always want to leave people with in this show is that that best piece of advice. And I think, you know, you and I are so <laughs> on the same page with that is like, you know, give, just be a giver, right? And instead of trying to always get, always get, always get, just give, give, give and have faith that you my, my friend Joe Polish has a great line. I gotta quote him on this. He says, Life gives to the giver and takes from the taker. Oh, that is absolutely brilliant. And yeah. so, so true. So, so James, so many great stories. And I know we could go on and on and on um, <laughs> because I mean, such, such a great vibe here. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so two things. One is uh, I know you have a project coming up that, you know, we'll get you to share about one thing I ask of every guest, if you could recommend that our audience reads just one book that's going to change everything in their business, who would you recommend? Uh, a book I've read every year. Actually, I'll, I'm going to give you two of them. I read about three or four different books every December to get ready for the next year. These two books I've read every year for the past 12 years, every year. You're like, what? You read the same book again? Uh, yeah. You know why? Because every time I read it, I pick up stuff I missed the previous time because my mind is at a whole different level, right? And I'll read something and go, oh, man, I didn't get that last year. It wasn't like the book changed or the words jumped around. You know, it's because I came to the book the second time different than the first time. And I came the eighth time different than the seventh time and so on and so on, right? So two books that I've read that really have helped my business. One is called the 20, and these are older books. You say, oh, well, isn't there a new book out? I'm like, why? <laughs> when stuff work, all the new stuff out is just a rehash of all the older stuff <laughs> right? with a different spin. So uh, the first one is called the V22, 22 Immutable, I-M-M-U-T-A-B-L-E, the, the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by Al Reese and Jack Trout. It's a really short book, maybe 115 pages, roughly 120 pages. But there are 22 laws, and it says violate them at your own risk. That's the subtitle. Wow. For example, it's better to be first than it is to be better. So, for example, Federal Express was first in overnight delivery. Are they better? I don't know. There's a lot of overnight delivery services that do a fantastic job, but we always think of Federal Express because they were first. So it's little, it's laws like that that you can take. So I said, well, wait, how can I be first in my industry with something? And if I can't, then I got to reinvent something so I can be perceived as first. So that's how I, uh, uh, I, I took away and, and adapted it to my business. 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by L. Reese and Jack Trout. The second one is called Triggers, T-R-I-G-G-E-R-S, Triggers by Joe Sugarman. Joe's actually a friend of mine. Joe, uh, and I didn't know him when he did the book, but again, I wanted to get in with him because his book changed my life. So I got him to come and speak at one of my events, paid him a fee, all that sort of thing, and served him, sold books for him. And now we're friends. We uh, live near each other in Las Vegas, and we get together for dinner every now and then. Uh, it's called Triggers. And basically, it's 30, the subtitle is 30 sales tools to control the mind of your prospect and get them to buy. And basically, it's about languaging and how you say certain words that makes people attract to your product, your service, or yourself, and makes them uh, want to start working with you and buy from you. 
So those are the two business ones that I would say, because I read them every, every December. Wow, those are two really great recommendations, and we'll make sure we put links to those here uh, in the show notes. So now, James, you've given a wealth of information, lots of tips and everything. I know you've got some amazing things going on yourself. Tell the folks about what you've got going on and where they can get more information about what you do. Ah, thanks, Chuck. Very kind. I appreciate it. Well, I, I retired a few years ago from teaching the speaking. It's kind of did everything I wanted and even kind of got out of the speaking because I, I, I did a lot of talks, and it was just a, it was the right time for me. And kind of like change of life, if you will. And about 18 months into it, I started seeing things being perpetuated online from quote unquote speaker people. You know, uh, everybody you know, was an expert now teaching that like somebody did one talk and they were an expert. And like, so I'm watching some of this stuff and I'm like, what are they? Te- it's so bad what they're teaching people. That's not how you do this business. Because remember, I used to be working in a video store making seven bucks an hour, spinning my wheels, like running on a treadmill, but not going anywhere, if you will. And so I was like this, and I used to, I just got frustrated, like hearing and watching some of this stuff. So I sat for a while and I thought about it. I said, you know what, I really, I want to leave a legacy. You know, everybody talks about leaving a legacy, right? The older we get, we want to change lives and leave a legacy even more. And I'm like, well, what's my legacy going to be? And I thought, well, wait, I used to run from it. I used to say, well, it can't be teaching people speaker stuff. It's got to be bigger than that, like, right? Because you can't hit everybody if you're teaching that little niche, right? And I'm like, you can't run from it. That's your superpower, man. That's what you've been blessed to do. So I said, you know what? I'm going to jump back in and I'm going to teach people the flip side of the coin, the business side of it. I'm going to teach them the right way to do it because it's not about working harder. It's not about working smarter. It's about working right. And I said, I'm going to teach them the right way to do it. The the way I wish people would have taught me when I was starting out making that seven bucks an hour in the video store. And I said, but how do I really get this to go viral? And how do I really have purity and help people? I said, because not everybody can come to my, my training. You know, it's a four-day training. Not everybody's going to do that. And I started thinking, well, wait, that's my best stuff because I teach it in the training. What if I take that four-day training where I'm teaching 12 hours a day live and I take it and I put it into a book? And I was like, yeah, that's how we'll do it. We could do a book promotion campaign. I went, no, no, no. It's away from the mission. What if I just give it away for free? Like, you don't need to buy anything. You don't need to put a credit card in and pay for shipping. And that's what made me realize, let me do it digitally. And so basically, that's what I'm doing. And that's what uh, my mission is. So if anybody ever thought about trying to speak or getting paid for your message, your story, or some how-to information, and you want to learn, like, the flip side of the coin, the business of how you actually truly get paid, not some of the nonsense that's floated out and perpetuated online, then this book's going to change your life. And all you have to do is go to freespeakerbook.com. You do not need a credit card. You don't have to put anything in. You just put your email in, download the uh, book. And my hope is that there's more than enough information in there that if you never, ever contact us, never want to work with us in the future in any way, that you got enough in this 250-page book to literally change your life. Okay. Again, you don't have to buy a thing from us. There's no credit card. You just go there and you download it. And and all I ask payment in return is actually use the stuff that's in the book, right? Mm -hmm. Don't put it up on a shelf and make it shelf help. Make sure it's self-help and use it. So it's just free (laughs) speakerbook.com. Wow. That is so amazing. And I think extremely generous of you, James. And I know like I've really been following you over the years and, and learning a lot. 
And I, for one, can't wait to get my hands on that and see what you've got in there because I just know how amazing your stuff is. And for those of you listening, there's no better person to learn from than this guy right here. So, so James, uh, thank you so much for your generosity and your time and your, your advice and your stories. Uh, I, I could do 3,000 of these episodes with you, no problem. Um, really appreciate you being on the show. If there's one piece of advice you can leave our listeners with today, what would you leave them with? Yeah, you know, we get bombarded. First of all, thanks for having me. I truly appreciate yeah. it. It's been great. It's been great connecting again after all these years. But look at this. We met in 2004, and here we are collaborating in some way to help your folks with this little interview. How about that? Is that cool or is that cool? Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for having me, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, okay, we get bombarded with information like, well, what do I do? Like, you know, there's 423 things to be successful. So for myself, I had to boil it down to and keep it simple. So I boiled it to three things. And now I'm going to be so bold to say, I figured out success. It's three things. No, these are the three things that I try to focus on daily. Number one is mindset. And I mean, changing the way you think as an entrepreneur on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. I'm not talking about pie in the sky thinking, sitting in a lotus position going, um, 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 I hope the window opens up and customers walk in my window. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about truly thinking differently, thinking as a successful entrepreneur and doing what they do. But that's not enough, right? Because there's a lot of people say, you know, change your mindset. The second piece I call it a triangle. The second part of the triangle is skill set. We must go out and get skills. You can't just have a better mindset. Like if I want to learn, if I want to flip real estate, I can have the best mindset about real estate, but that's not going to get the deal done. I've got to learn lease options. I've got to learn rehabbing. I've got to learn, you know, getting tenants in there and how to find them and what to charge. That's all a skill, right? So we have to have mindset, but then we got to go and we got to get skills to attach to that mindset, but that's not enough. It's, it's a triangle it's, and they all work together in unison. It's mindset, it's skill set, And then Chuck, number three is get off your assets and get moving. <laughs> right? Cause if we learn, we have a great mindset, we learn skills, but we don't do anything with it. It was a waste of time. So I, I try to wake up every day and say, okay, mindset, you know, cause there's days where my mind, you know, I, I drift off the road. My car is out of alignment. And I got to get it back in alignment. I got to make sure I got the right mindset. And then I got to make sure I'm doing the right skills on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. But then I got to always remind myself, brother, get off your assets and get moving. All right, get moving. You learn some great skills, but you're not using them, James. Get moving. So it's mindset, skill set, get off your assets. That's awesome. And I, I, I can't wait to, uh, to share that with everyone and to everyone listening to the show, get off your asset and go get James's book. Uh, link is down there in the show notes. James, thank you so much. And to everyone listening in, uh, go get James's book and be open to those relationships and those collaborations yeah. that you can do with the with those relationships without expectation of return. Be a giver first and have faith that the getting will come. James, thank you so much. Hey, my friend, thank you. And thanks for allowing me to collaborate with your amazing listeners and, and viewers. <laughs> thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Collaborators Toolkit. If you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, our free Collaborators Toolkit contains the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. 
These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday business challenges and to access highly effective ideas that can grow your business exponentially. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to our show. You can get free instant access to the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting our website at www.collaboratorsunite.com forward slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Register today and I'll see you on the inside.